The Absence of the Sacred, Chapter 11. Thomas Paine, from Agrarian Justice, 1795, he said, Whether civilization has most promoted or most injured the general happiness of man is a question that may be strongly contested. Both the most affluent and the most miserable of the human race are to be found in the countries that are called civilized. Don't worry, be happy, quote-unquote, may be the most annoying song ever written, the musical equivalent of someone telling you to smile. I suspect that Viktor Frankl, neurologist, psychiatrist, and Holocaust survivor, would be even more annoyed than I am by Bobby McFerrin's empty tropical optimism. Frankl believed that a sense of meaning, not happiness, is the essential ingredient in a worthwhile life. Happiness, when it comes, is an incidental bonus. In Frankl's view, an occasional gift that should never be sought and that soon slips through our grasping fingers anyway. The pursuit of happiness, he believed, just ends up leaving us unhappy about having failed to capture it, thus compounding the problem we started with. The experience of foragers lends little support to a priori, Hobbesian assumption underlying Frankl's existentialism and Buddhist teachings and Christian dogma, holding that the basic human state is miserable. This assumption is foundational to a great deal of both popular and philosophical conjecture. In 2006, article by John Lanchester in the New Yorker called Pursuing Happiness, quote-unquote, begins with the utterly unsubstantiated yet widely believed assertion that our foraging ancestors, quote, would have regarded our easy, long, riskless lives with incredulous envy, unquote. According to Lanchester, our ancestors, quote, would have regarded us as so lucky that questions about our state of mind wouldn't be worth asking, unquote. Really? I suspect they'd have plenty of questions about our state of mind, starting with, why are so many people so lonely? Why is war constant? Why are so many of you living in such pain that you drug yourselves often to death? Why is it necessary to keep millions of people in prisons? The notion that things are so great today that pre-civilized humans would be dumbfounded at how lucky we are is undermined by research like that published in the Journal of Affective Disorders in 2012, which warned, quote, the economic and marketing forces of modern society have engineered an environment that maximizes consumption at the long-term cost of well-being. In effect, the authors concluded, Humans have dragged a body with a long hominid history into an overfed, malnourished, sedentary, sunlight-deficient, sleep-deprived, competitive, inequitable, and socially isolating environment with dire consequences. 
hardly the modern paradise the Neo-Ebesians keep insisting we're living with, living in. Recall that the quote-unquote pervasive happiness of the Paraha is due, in Everett's estimation, to their ability to handle anything that their environment throws at them, so that they can enjoy whatever comes their way. Unquote. Similarly, reflecting on our years observing how the Yekwana raised their children, Lilaf pointed to the bedrock satisfaction omnipresent in their lives, but that is only a momentary experience in ours, where happiness ceases to be a normal condition of being alive and becomes a goal. Unquote. Back in the United States, she was struck by our inability to understand what's missing in our lives. What was once man's confident expectation of suitable treatment and surroundings is now so frustrated that a person often thinks himself lucky if he's not actually homeless or in pain. But even as he is saying, I'm all right, there is in him a sense of loss, a longing for something he cannot name a feeling of being off-center, of missing something. Unquote. The continuum that has been broken because the human animal no longer lives in the human world, we live in a world created by and for institutions that thrive on commerce, not human beings that thrive on community, laughter, and leisure. Quote, the expectations and tendencies of the human species, in Lilloff's words, no longer play out, quote, in an environment consistent with that in which those expectations and tendencies were formed, unquote. It doesn't matter how many times we're told we live in the promised land or even how deeply we believe it to be true. The human animal is sickened by the disconnect between the nutrition it evolved to expect in the sugary nonsense it encounters. Even if relentless advertising gets you to believe soft drinks are nutritious, your body knows better, and is likely to respond with tooth decay, diabetes, and heart disease. Even those who believe themselves to be content may not be. Quote, their perfect adjustment to that abnormal society is a measure of their mental sickness. Unquote, wrote Aldous Huxley, referring to, quote, millions of abnormally pe normal people living without fuss in a society to which, if they were fully human beings, they ought not to be adjusted. Unquote. Whether one measures the value of life in the currency of happiness, meaning, interestingness, or merely the absence of despair, the subtle traumas of modern life are inescapable. In 2013, Gallup Paul poll revealed that 70% of Americans hate their jobs or have simply quote-unquote checked out of them, while only 30% are engaged in enthusiastic, engaged and enthusiastic quote-unquote about what they spend 40-plus hours per week doing. As Thoreau noted long ago, quote, most men would feel insulted <clears throat> if it were proposed to employ them in throwing stones over a wall and then in throwing them back. 
merely that they might earn their wages. But many are no more worthily employed now. <clears throat> Unquote. Not surprisingly, the use of antidepressants in the United States is up nearly 400% since 1990. In 2008, 23% of women between the ages of 40 and 59 were taking at least one of them. In 1985, sociologists asked Americans if they had close friends in whom they could confide. 10% said they had no one. By 2004, the number of people who were so isolated that they had no one they could confide in had risen to 25%. The CDC reported in 2013 that the rate of suicide among Americans in the prime of life, from 35 to 64 years old, had jumped 28.4% in the first decade of the 21st century, surpassing for the first time the number of people who died in car accidents. Among men in their 50s, suicides were up 50%, while suicide among women between 60 and 64 rose nearly 60%. Given these dire trends, we're fortunate to live in countries with access to modern psychotropic medications, right? Maybe not. As anthropologist T.M. Lerman explains, the notion that mental illness is merely a result of brain anomalies misses the subtleties of how human beings interact with our social contexts. Quote, Social experience plays a significant role in who becomes mentally ill, when they fall ill and how they, their illness unfolds. We should view illness as caused not only by brain def deficits, but also by abuse, deprivation, and inequality, which alter the way brains behave." Unquote. Many studies have confirmed that children raised in urban environments suffer from more depression and are about twice as likely to suffer from psychosis as compared to children raised away from cities. When researchers tried to identify precisely what aspects of urban living were responsible for the increased risk of mental illness in children, they concluded that psychotropic, or rather, psychotic symptoms were more likely when children lived in neighborhoods with low social cohesion, not much interaction between neighbors, low likelihood that neighbors would intervene to help each other, and when their family had been the victim of a crime. Other studies have pinpointed economic inequality lack of exposure to nature, and early separation from parents as highly correlated with risk of mental illness issues. In other words, the further families are from kinds of mutual support and social cohesion enjoyed by foragers, the more likely their children are to suffer severe mental illness. But not all forms of mental illness can be blamed on loneliness chronic anxiety, too little exposure to nature, and so on. Schizophrenia, for example, is thought to be highly related to genetics and to occur at roughly the same rate around the world, independent of culture. But even if the origins of the disorder are not cultural, the likelihood of recovery may be. 
In the 1970s, the World Health Organization conducted a large-scale study comparing outcomes of people diagnosed with schizophrenia in developing nations with those in the United States and other quote-unquote advanced nations. After following patients for five years, the WHO reported that 64% of patients in poor countries have good outcomes, while less than a third in many 18%, and rich countries did as well. The WHO concluded that living in a developed nation was a strong predictor that a patient would never fully recover. In response to the predictable uproar these results provoked in the medical community, the WHO followed up with a larger study in the 1980s that attempted to address methodological methodological weaknesses that had been pinned that had been pointed out in the first study how the patients had been identified the quote developing countries unquote chosen what sorts of medications had been used and so on the authors of this follow-up study came to similar conclusions 63% of patients recovered in the poorer countries compared to 37% in the advanced settings. In the face of further outrage from the medical community, they wrote, quote, A strong case can be made for real, a real pervasive influence of a powerful factor, which can be referred to as culture, as a context in which gene-environment interactions shape the clinical picture of human disease, unquote. Responding to the critics of their WHO study, Asin Jablensky and Norman Sartorius noted that, quote, the erosion of social support systems in developing countries likely to be associated with the processes of globalization should be a matter of a grave concern. The sobering experience of high rates of chronic disability and dependency associated with schizophrenia in high-income countries, despite access to costly biomedical treatment, suggests that something essential to recovery is missing in the social fabric. It's pretty clear that what we're missing is meaning and one another.